Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay. Local news to keep you rooted. California's beautiful landscapes, the oceans, the mountains, present a lot of danger, especially when it rains like it has these past three weeks. And no place exemplifies that beauty and danger more than the Santa Cruz Mountains. When I look back on the last few years and this most recent event, Santa Cruz to me is really emblematic of that part of climate change where we just have these swings. Santa Cruz saw landslides and historic flooding as a result of back-to-back storms. And now with all that rain almost over, recovery begins across the state. And in the remote mountains of Santa Cruz, the solutions are gonna have to look a lot different from other parts of California. Today, what the worst of the storm looked like for one resident of Felton in Santa Cruz County, and what it's gonna take to weather another storm. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randad Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. We just kind of continuously were getting hit by these atmospheric river storms. 
Hannah Hageman is a weather and science editor for the San Francisco Chronicle. I live in Santa Cruz County in a area called Felton. Folks might know it. Uh, Felton has a really cute, quaint little downtown, but that's kind of the center point of the community. And then from there, you know, it branches off into all these little neighborhoods. And so we actually live in an area called Lompico, which is a neighborhood of Felton. It's an unincorporated part of the county. It's a beautiful area to live. I mean, we live in the Redwoods. It's when we're not in serious drought or a heat wave. It's beautiful, lush, green. The Santa Cruz Mountains are an extremely active place geologically. And it's also an exciting place to live, I would say. (laughs) Who lives in your neighborhood? I would say it really runs the gamut from people who work in San Jose or commute to Santa Cruz um, and have money, but really want to live in the mountains. And there's some, you know, nice homes there. But by and large, I'd say it's like working class, middle class folks. It's a more affordable area of Santa Cruz County. There's a good amount of people who own their homes, but there's also people that rent. So, I mean, I, I would also say there are some folks who are low income definitely, who live in our neighborhood. What happened in your community when the storms started to hit your area? So we saw in our neighborhood about three feet of rain total. When you think about water accumulating in in that amount, it really is a lot. We live in a canyon. We had a lot of landslides, rock falls, that were pretty serious and, you know, blocked the road for days at a time. Winds in our neighborhood reached over 70 miles per hour, which is pretty incredible. These winds just sheared redwoods in half, like from the top down and power poles. Devastatingly, folks in our neighborhood had really serious damage, like from trees, cars were crushed, you know, homes were impaled. Someone who lived right right near the hill slope in the canyon, their home, you know, was pretty much crushed by a by a landslide. We were without power for nine days. Um, a couple of those days it was off and on, but it was like a week straight of no power. What that means is you're running a generator, which is expensive because you have to buy the the gas. The other part that was a huge deal was we lost internet connectivity. In our community and a lot of communities in the Santa Cruz Mountains, there is no cell phone reception. So you are reliant on your Wi-Fi to make calls, text, anything you want to do with your phone to get something out. When the Wi-Fi goes down, you just you don't have a tether to the outside world. That was really tough for folks. I mean, you you were really cut off. Uh, We evacuated. We've been out of our home now for about eight days. So it was a situation where it's like you either shelter in place or you you leave and evacuate. My friend who didn't get out, I mean, she was she was trapped for about three days because the roads were impassable. It definitely laid bare 
how far we have to go with our infrastructure. I mean, do you know the status of things in your neighborhood now? Like, have you been able to go back at all? My partner and I went back on Monday. It was the first time I had been able to go back for a week. The road is still really impacted. There's still multiple landslides that are covering the the road. It was just a ton of mess. Like it was just like trees everywhere. For a quarter of a mile, it's like the power lines are on the ground, just like ugly storm damage. Luckily, PG&E is in there now. That was the thing is they couldn't get in there because there was so much damage. So when we went yesterday, they were there and we had power temporarily, which was nice because we went home and we were able to like do some dishes and take stock of things. This is also an area that's been hit pretty hard by wildfires in the last few years as well, right? Yeah, it has. So really, when I look back on the last three, three plus years, to me, the Santa Cruz Mountains and, and Santa Cruz County in general, like, has really been this hot spot for extreme weather. We have these extreme periods of uh, record temperatures and heat and drought and fire weather. And then we move into these uh, periods where we get a lot of rainfall really quickly. And so when I look back on the last few years and this most recent event, Santa Cruz to me is really emblematic of that part of climate change where we just have these swings. I mean, I'm wondering, just sort of stepping back a little bit, it sounds like you got really lucky and were able to evacuate on time, though that wasn't the case for everyone. And the remote nature of your neighborhood is one part of the reason why maybe weathering the storm was particularly hard. And I'm curious, like, after experiencing this and also covering the storm, what are the vulnerabilities that have sort of been laid bare in terms of what it means to live in a remote community like yours during a storm like this? I think you're taking on a lot of risk. And I was really aware of that when we decided to move there. But... I think when you go through these events, it's like <laughs> you're, it's just in your face and it, you know, you're out of your home for over a week. You're evacuated. So I think it's a big challenge to live in these communities. And, you know, there's, there's some juxtaposition here too, because again, these neighborhoods offer some really affordable housing relatively. But there's a lot of issues with living here. You know, like I was reading a post on our neighbors group and a woman who rents this home was talking about how she has medically vulnerable children and how they have a lot of needs for electricity and how expensive it was to be running the generator day after day. And then the same woman, her car was impaled by a tree. The other thing I want to say, too, is like, you know, there are these really serious uh, risks and dangers with living up here, but it's also 
a place where people love to live. And what I saw during the storm, which was really heartening and, you know, a big reason why I love living in the in the mountains is just community. You know, like you saw neighbors helping neighbors day after day. When that woman was asking for help to with her car that had the tree fell on it, you had all these people responding saying, I'm going to come over as soon as I can with my chainsaw and like help you, you know? So in that way, it's a really beautiful place to live. People really care about each other. And I think because we have these dangers, we, we really take care of each other and look out for each other. In both the immediate term and maybe in the long term, what needs to be done in order to help folks out where you live? I would say, you know, a, a huge issue is access. You know, we could improve the access to our community so people don't get trapped. Um, and that's the same case with a lot of places in the Santa Cruz Mountains. You know, there's, there's a dozen neighborhoods that have one way in, one way out. I also think a big improvement could be if we have a cell phone tower versus needing to depend on Wi-Fi to call 911. We know with climate change, we're just going to see more extreme weather and more of these swings between wildfire and really serious drenching storms, atmospheric rivers. So to me, that that's really where we should be putting our attention to as we do the short-term recovery. Like, okay, what can we do now to make sure when this happens again, someone's not stuck in this community having a medical emergency or they can't call 911. You know, I mean, these are very serious things that I think our local officials and our state officials could put a lot more manpower towards solving. I mean, I I do want to ask you, especially after having been displaced from your home for eight days and just going back and seeing the damage that the community has sort of suffered as a result of these storms, is the severity of these storms and having witnessed that and just sort of being really aware of the realities of climate change, is that is all that affecting how you feel about where you live? It is, it is. I mean, I went in pretty clear eyed to deciding to live there. It was actually in the wake of the CZU complex and it was the best place we could find in our area for like what my partner and my needs were. Also in that same vein, like that same beauty is what presents danger. When we zoom out, like this is a region that historically has had a lot of extreme weather and disasters. And so that's the reality of a place like the Santa Cruz Mountains. And I think that's kind of what you need to accept to live there. I also think that because we're so limited in where people can live in our region, there's a lot more that officials can do to make these places safer. And I think that's where we need to focus our energy. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for making the time to chat with us. Um, I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome.
That was Hannah Hageman, a weather and science editor for the San Francisco Chronicle. By the way, if you're a renter whose home was damaged by rain or floods in the past few weeks, we've got a really helpful guide for you about what to do and how to get help. Check out our episode notes for the link to that story. This 30-minute conversation with Hannah was cut down and edited by Arati Banlamudi. Maria Esquinka scored this episode. The Bay is a production of KQED in San Francisco. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thanks for listening. Peace. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.